So today, as we talk about unity, we're going to join Jesus and the disciples in one of the most terrifying moments of the disciples' lives. Uh, They were with Jesus, and they were out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. It was nighttime. They were crossing the lake after a long, tiring day, and they were crossing the lake when a massive storm came up. Now, if you're familiar with the Sea of Galilee, we got an image of it here. Uh, it is, it's a beautiful, it's more of a big lake than, than a sea. Uh, but the thing that's interesting, you've got some parts of it that are, have kind of some softer, um, small mountains like that. You've got some larger mountains on other parts of it. And the way that, that it is, it's about 700 feet below sea level. Uh, the winds can get pretty nasty around there. So a lot of the time it looks like this. But sometimes it gets crazy. I mean, back in 1992, meteorologists literally measured 10-foot waves on the Sea of Galilee. Now, so the disciples and Jesus, they're out in in a boat, a fishing boat. And and this boat, we actually know a fair amount about this because uh, we've got an image here where they've actually dug one up. That's on the left-hand side. That's that's a boat that was dug up from uh, the first century when Jesus would have been around there. And on the right is an image of what that boat would have looked like, okay? So imagine you and 12 of your best grown men friends there in that little boat. And it's dark. It's nighttime. You're out on the sea. And suddenly a storm whips up. And there's big winds and waves. And, and so this is not just inconvenient or frustrating. This is life-threatening. This is life-threatening. So just picture yourself there that night with Jesus. In fact, as I read the text here in a minute, I want you to picture yourself in that so much that I'm going to invite you uh, to be there. And so that means you've got a couple of speaking parts, okay? So imagine you as a disciple in the boat. When we get to the text that's yellow, I want you to read that uh, as if you are there. And I just need to say the 830 crowd did an excellent job with them. Don't with this. Don't let them stand you up, okay? Here we go. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and the waves. Silence, be still. Suddenly, the winds stopped, and there was great calm. He asked them, why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Imagine that. Imagine what it was like to be there that night. I mean, you're, you think that you're going to die. Like this may be your last moments here on this earth, and you look over to see what Jesus is doing, and he's sleeping. He's sleeping for crying out loud. Like that, that shows that Jesus, he was all powerful if he can sleep through a storm like that, right? That's, well, some of you may have that superpower as well. I don't know. You can sleep through a lot of stuff, right? But Jesus is sleeping in the midst of this storm. The disciples are terrified and say, Jesus, don't, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? He speaks, and there's calm. There's peace. Hmm. Have you gone through a storm before? I bet you have. We all have. It's 
it's really part of, of life. And sometimes we get the idea that because we're followers of Jesus, that we will get like an easy pass on life, right? That non-followers of Jesus, they'll have a lot of difficulty, but we'll have it pretty good because Jesus is extra happy with us. Nope, not how it works. The Bible's really clear that we all go through storms. In fact, if you look at the major characters of the Bible, they all went through storms in their own ways. So, so we're going to go through storms. That's just part of life. We go through these as individuals, and maybe you know what that's like. Maybe you're remembering a storm. Maybe you're going through a storm right now even. Maybe, maybe for you, you've, you've had some storms when, well, today we've been remembering those who've gone on before us, the saints in heaven. Maybe you've lost some loved ones this year even, and it's a stormy time. You miss them. What you wouldn't give to have them back, to have one more conversation. Or maybe, maybe for you it was a, a time with your kids where you got the bad news about something or other that they're doing or not doing or whatnot, and you just, your heart broke. You love them so much as parents, and you just can't believe that you're here right now. Or maybe for you, you got some difficult paperwork. Maybe it was the, the divorce papers or the, the pink slip, or the lawsuit, change your life. The Bible's really clear. We all go through storms. For crying out loud, the Son of God was crucified, right? So that means we're going to go through some difficult times as well. We go through storms not just as individuals, but really as, as groups as well. As a church, we, we go through storms, right? I mean, just look at the past two and a half years. We've been going through a, a global pandemic together, which it's not the first global pandemic Anderson Hills has been through, but the first one that we remember. It, it's, we, we've gone through this. We've, we've gone through pastoral change, which that's always challenging and disrupts some things and changes some things. And here just a couple weeks ago, we voted to, to uh, move away from our, our long-term denomination. Uh, that's a stormy, difficult time as well. These are just a few of the, the big ones, right? So, so we know what it's like. We know what it's like to go through storms. But you know, I believe that storms are worth it because it's in the midst of the storm that we rely on Jesus more than we ever have before. When, when things are going good, it's easy to kid ourselves and to think that, oh, I, 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 I kind of need Jesus, but not, not a lot, just a little bit, like a Sunday morning version. That'll be fine. No. When we go through storms, we realize how desperately we need Jesus, how much we need Jesus' power, his help, how much we need the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain us through the midst of all these storms and difficulties in our lives. So, you know, as, as we go through storms as individuals or as a church, I just want you to know I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in with you. Your pastors, your staff, we're all in with you. We don't want you to feel like you're alone in the midst of storms. No, God calls us to do life here together in, in the middle of, of these storms. The, the great artist Rembrandt, he helps us to remember this, this event uh, where the disciples were there with Jesus uh, by a painting that he did called The Storm on the Sea of Galilee. We have it here. It's, uh, the painting itself is darker because it happened at night, so I know it's a little challenging to see. Uh, but in this painting, it's Rembrandt's only seascape, and he shows us 
individually what each of the disciples look like. We're going to check some of them out here in just a moment. But in the, this painting is amazing uh, because, well, actually, it was stolen in 1990, and they still don't know where it's at. This painting is so valuable, there have been rewards for up to $10 million for its return. So if any of you happen to have it in your house, and let's just say it were to end up at the rummage sale next year, we're a place of grace and forgiveness, okay? We won't turn you in. It's okay. It's okay. But seriously, in this painting, it shows us how Jesus and the disciples, they made it through this storm. We're going we're gonna to look at some of the individual disciples because I think, I think that you might just see yourself in some of these disciples as we think about how we weather storms together. This first group here, their motto is teamwork makes the dream work, right? We got three of them there together. They're all kind of right around the mast there. They're trying to get these sails under control. They're trying to do whatever they can to get this boat back where it needs to be. And for many of us, when we go through storms, this is our immediate approach. We look around and say, who's around me? Who can help? Let's, let's do this. Let's get together. Let's put our forces together. Let's tackle this thing. I love that. That's courage. That's, that's bravery. That's, it's, it's awesome and it's admirable. It really is. We also have to remember, though, if that's our MO, we have to remember that it's not by our own strength, or our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that we make it through storms. So it's fine to do that, to grab the stuff, to be moving, that's good, but don't forget where the real power is at. Don't forget that we rely upon the Holy Spirit. It's not just our own strength, our own ideas, our own convictions. Uh, this second guy here right below them, he's just holding on for dear life, right? He's, I got a hold of this thing. I'm really close to the edge of the boat. I don't want to go out of the boat. I'm just going to hold on, hold on tight because I don't know what else I can do. And, and, and we get this, right? When we go through storms in our life, or maybe when a church go through storms, we, we might look at it and say, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can handle all this change. It's, it's different. I, I'm just trying to hold on to what things have always been. I, don't, but I didn't want any change. Nobody asked me if we're going to change. Now we changed, right? I just want to hold on. Things change. Changes, they don't always lead to more good. Sometimes, oftentimes they do. But none of us would look back a couple years and say, you know, that COVID stuff, it's tough, but I think it's been good for our world. Nope. It's awful. It's terrible. It's a pandemic. Change doesn't always lead to good. But, you know, we go through it. We go through it. And sometimes we do need to hold on to something strong to help us through it. We do. Now, this next guy here, he's more of a take charge. He's got a little hard to see, but he's, he's got like what's controlling the rudder in his hands, right? And he's like, I'll drive, okay? If, if somebody's going to have the steering wheel, it's going to be me because I look around and I'm clearly the most qualified person to be doing this right now. Maybe that's his approach. And maybe that's how it is with you when you go through storms. That, and, and we need folks like this. We need leaders, right, who aren't afraid to, to grab the wheel, if you will. To, to steer this thing, to direct us, to help us through. We need that. It's an honorable thing. But if you're, and, and many of you, you, you do this in your jobs, you do this in your family, this is, this is kind of your MO. And if, you, if that's you, that's awesome. Thank God that he's created you with that kind of courage, that kind of bravery. Just remember that we also have to temper that courage with a good, healthy dose of humility. We need others as well, right? 
And yep, somebody's got to make the call. Somebody's got to be the leader. But we've got to listen to those around us. And we've got to always lead with humility. This is what God calls us. This is what God calls us to do. Now, another person, this is the only person visibly doing this in the boat. This guy down here, real tough to see, but he's praying, okay? <laughs> he's like at the feet of Jesus, he's praying. In fact, Jesus is right there. There's only two folks in these images, him and Jesus, who have a little bit of a halo. It's hard to see in this, but a little bit of halo that Rembrandt painted over him. And, and this is so important. For many of us, when we go into a storm, we, we very quickly... We, we forget to pray because we're so busy doing stuff. And doing stuff is good, but we need to pray. We need to pray. I mean, Jesus is right there, right? This seems like a good moment for prayer. Sometimes I hear folks in a church as they get older, they say, oh, I can't, I can't serve anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. All I can do anymore is just pray. <laughs> well, there's no just pray. It's like the most important thing we could do. And so prayer, never devalue prayer. In fact, sometimes it's easy. I wonder if some of the folks in the boat who are doing stuff at this moment look over at this guy and be like, seriously, can't you grab an oar while you pray? Can't you multitask here in this process? Would that be okay? But there's times we just need to drop to our knees and pray. And for some of you, God has, has given you gifts in this area. Don't ever, don't ever look down on that. Don't ever minimize that. We need our prayer warriors more than anything. I believe strongly that, that the work that God is doing here at this church, it's not our own strength. It's not our own power. It's because we have so many folks undergirding this place with prayer. It's the Holy Spirit at work. It's the Holy Spirit at work. Prayer is so vital to our ministry. It's so vital. Now, Right beside this, this guy is some other folks who are, they're talking to Jesus very directly. And they're the ones right up from him there saying, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Hello, have you seen what's going on? I know you're sleepy, but it's time to wake up, Jesus. It's time to do something about this. And you know, that's good too. There's times that we need to have those more direct prayers of faith. Those more like, God, what are you doing here? Just be honest with God. Prayer isn't like a bunch of fancy language. It's talking to the Lord. It's, it's casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. And, and they, these folks, they talk to Jesus, and, and ultimately Jesus would act. This is a, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Now, there's another approach here that's not so great. This guy here, he's just sitting there. <laughs> he's not looking out. <laughs> he's not, I wonder, I'm, I'm superimposing here, but I wonder if this guy's mentally in his happy place, right? He's like, I see no storms. I hear no storms. I, I'm on the beach. There's a drink in my hand. I knew it was dumb to get in this boat anyways. I'm just going gonna, gonna to be right back there. Denial. Denial is what we call that. And it's tempting. Man, it's tempting when you're going through a storm to just go to that place of denial, to pretend that it doesn't really exist, that, that if I just sit here and wait, that that life will be fine. I don't need to do it. I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to act. I don't really need to talk to Jesus. I don't need to, need to grab an oar. Nope, I'll just sit here. Things are fine. D denial's not how we want to approach a storm. Yeah, we all may need a moment at times just to sit there and get our bearings, but we don't want to just approach storms from a place of denial. 
Related to this one is another guy here. It's a little hard to see his expression, but this guy is terrified. He's looking out. It's interesting. He's got Jesus right there in the boat with him, but he's looking outside of the boat. His attention is not on Jesus. It's not even on those who are working. His attention is all on the storms. And for many of us, when we go through storms, we find ourselves in a place like this. Maybe, maybe you suffer from, from anxiety or, or depression, and, and you know what it's like to just, you, you want to do something, but you're just, you're paralyzed. You're paralyzed by this. And you know, if that's you, friend, I want you to know, first, Jesus loves you, and he cares so much. He cares about your feelings. They matter to him. You can give them to him. Sometimes we get helped through this, whether it's through a counselor or a doctor, or sometimes it's through uh, talking with our life group, sometimes it's through others in our lives who just help us because it's so easy. Life can be really scary. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone, friend. Because it's easy when we just stare at the storm and we're by ourselves to just be frozen by fear. Satan wants to keep us frozen by fear because then we can't do anything uh, for, for the Lord when we're just stuck there in that place of fear. That's why the Bible tells us that that spirit of fear is, is not from the Lord. Instead, he's given us a spirit of, of power, of love, self-discipline. He's given us these things. Now, next is an approach that we have all taken to storms, I'm quite confident. This next guy, well, as my grandma would say, he's up-chucking. Um, heads over the side of the boat. He's, he's had too much storm this day, right? And storms will make you feel sick sometimes. They will. And there's times, yeah, you just got to get it out, right? There's times we need somebody to talk to. We need somebody to vent to. We need, well, whatever that is. We, we need this in our lives. It's not a long-term place to stay, but storms are scary. Let's just own it. And sometimes they're really difficult. And if you came in here today and you're at that place, you just, you've been, you're going through so much in your life and it just feels like too much, friend. Please don't do this alone. Please don't. We, we, Jesus calls us to be unified. You share, share it with your life group. Somebody's here, baby, you, you, you know that God's been laying something on your heart you need to share with your life group and your band and you haven't. Please just do it. Have the courage to trust, trust God and trust them and, and do that because we need, we need one another. Now, the final disciple in, the, in this picture here is uh, the guy with the, the hat on. Does anybody recognize that disciple? That was a trick question. You didn't fall for it. Neither did 830. I'll just give it up for 11. Uh, that is Rembrandt himself. It's actually a self-portrait. Uh, if you look here, there's the real Rembrandt. There, there he is uh, in this painting. I love the fact he paints 12 disciples, one Jesus, and one Rembrandt. 14 people were in the boat in his version. And I think it's a reminder of the fact that we all are going to go through storms. And, and here he is in the midst of a storm with Jesus. That's where you're going to find yourself. I'm going to find myself too sometimes. We're going to find ourselves in the midst of the storm with Jesus. No one is exempt from storms. But remember that Jesus is in the boat with you. Say that again. No one is exempt from storms. 
but remember that Jesus is in the boat with you. It's all about who's there with us in the middle of the boat. They, they, they did a study on uh, some monkeys, a couple sick researchers, I'm sure, uh, did this study where what they did was they took a monkey and they put him in a cage and then they subjected him to all this terrifying stuff, right? Like bright lights and loud sounds and all this stuff just so they could just scare him. Now, that doesn't seem very kind, right? But it was, I guess, for a greater purpose because they had monitors on him that would, would monitor the level of stress hormones in the monkey's brain. So the first time he's in there by the ca- in the cage all by himself, and he goes through this, and they put him through all this terrible stuff, and then they take a reading. Then what they do is they put a second monkey in the cage there with him. And, and here they subject them to the exact same stimuli that they did in the first test, except this time what they found was that the monkey's stress levels went down by 50%. 50% less stress. Why? only because there was another monkey there with him. You see, we are not made to do life alone. We're not made to do storms by ourselves. And for so many of us, the reason we struggle so much in times of storms is because we're trying to do it ourselves. We're like, I got this. I don't need anybody. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to pray. I just need to work harder, and I'll make it through. That's not a Christian approach to storms. It's just not. Remember, Jesus is right here in the boat with you. My friend, he promised, he promised that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. I don't care how big the waves are, how strong the wind is, how weak your little boat is, how terrified everybody else around you is, Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never give up on you. He knows what it's like to go through storms. He was right there in the boat. And today, Jesus is in your boat too. You're not alone. He's walking with you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's longing for you to to take him by the hand, to trust him that he's got this, that he's going to help you through. We all go through storms, but remember Jesus is in the boat with you. So God, we give you thanks and praise that you are a God who can calm the sea. And Lord, for some of us, that's our prayer today. We're in the midst of such crazy storms. We're longing for you just to say, peace, be still. Let it be so, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you that you're in the boat with us and that whether you miraculously calm this storm or whether you ride it out with us, we thank you that we can trust you, that we can turn our eyes to you. For you, Jesus, are the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. So, Lord, we give thanks to you that you are always with us that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. Know that instead, Jesus, that you came down from heaven to earth to give your life as a sacrifice for us. So now, Lord, as we gather together at your table, would you meet us here? 
by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us? Would you strengthen us through this meal to make it through the storm? Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.